Hey you guys, it's Jalen, and welcome back to a long-awaited episode of J-Talks. There's a good different chance that you're probably a little bit confused, because I know the last episode that I made, I finished it off by saying that the next episode I would put out would be a self-care Sunday episode, and it would be coming out immediately the week following. Obviously, that didn't happen, and obviously this is not a self-care Sunday episode, so I know I have a decent amount of explaining to do. Not just to you guys, but I also have a decent amount of honesty that I need to give to myself. And this is what this episode is going to be about. It's just going to be an honest conversation about three different things. One, how I've been feeling lately and why I think I've been feeling that way. Two, why I took two weeks off from recording or uploading any episodes to this podcast channel. And three, how the podcast is going to change because yes, there are going to be changes in terms of not only my growth and my own mindset as a person, but more specifically, how this podcast is going to be run, what I'm going to talk about, and how I'm going to go about doing this every single week to make sure that it's the best, safest, and most healthy environment for not just myself, but my listeners as well, because that is always the top priority for me. Before I go too in-depth, I want to start off by saying that I know that change is inevitable, and I know that it's not only inevitable, but it's also necessary. Change is one of those things that makes us the people that we're going to be. It brings us out of pain, but it also brings us to happiness. Change is something that allows for us to grow as individuals and grow as families and friends, as lovers. Change is something that brings out our best self, but it also brings out some of the worst failures that we've ever had to undergo. Change is beautiful and heartbreaking and traumatic all at the same time, but above everything, like I said, change is necessary. And I say all this because recently I have been going through some very dramatic changes in both my personal and interpersonal life and or relationships, and it's been, it has been affecting me. I mean, cha change always does, whether it's for the better, whether it's for the worst, whether it's just for a short amount of time or for the long haul. Change always has an impact on you, and this change has impacted me more than most. I don't want to go too in-depth, and I don't want to get too graphic in detail about what's been going on, because I do have people in my personal life, people who I do care about, and people who may or may not know what's been going on that listen to this podcast. I don't necessarily want them to know the nitty-gritty of my life and my feelings, but to keep a long story short, I have just recently gotten out of a two-year-long relationship. Um, yes, it was romantic, and yes, it did hurt, in fact, a lot. Um, you know, as any ending of a two-year relationship would. However, even, even though it hurt, even though it was something that was very traumatic and dramatic, even though that was something that felt like it was the end of an era I've also recently had to come to terms with the fact that it's also a beginning, and I, I can't feel guilty for that. I am heading into a wonderful and new chapter of my life with new people, new experiences, and new places to go. At the end of this year, I'm going to be transferring out of state and moving halfway across the country to go to school. I'm going to start taking the podcast more seriously and putting more effort and putting more of who I actually am as a person into it. And more than anything... I, I've opened up a new part of myself that I, I really didn't know I was capable of unlocking. I didn't know I was capable of tapping into it. Someone who's so confident, so radiant, so happy, so willing to do anything, and so 
open to all and any opportunity that should come her way. I'm proud of the person that I've become, despite the pain that I had to go through to get there. And this has been a extremely confusing time for me because as much as I want to feel bad, as much as I want to be upset, as much as I want to cry, because this, this large part of my life, this huge chunk of my life, because two years out of 18 years is a pretty long time. Despite having to come to grips with the fact that that part of my life is over, that my relationship with that person is over, I've also had to come to terms with the fact that I'm, I'm happy. And I'm happy to go into this new chapter of my life and I'm happy to be able to experience certain things that I wasn't able to and do certain things that I couldn't have gotten away with a few months ago. I've also had to come to terms with the fact that even though I ended this relationship and it was heartbreaking, I had not been happy for a very long time. Not necessarily because of that person, but I think that I just am not in a place where I should be in a relationship right now. And this is actually going to be an episode that I do in the future, but... In, a, in an honest opinion, I don't think anyone in their late teens or early 20s should be in long-standing relationships. That is just not something that I think this age group, my age group, is, should have to deal with or has to handle at this point. There are so many opportunities in front of young people and people my age and people like me. Between going to college, between pursuing job opportunities, between entering the workforce, between understanding yourself and coming to terms with not only who you are as a person but who you aspire to be in the future and I think that putting yourself wholeheartedly and putting all this effort and this time and this energy into maintaining and keeping a relationship strong for an extended duration of time I don't think that does you any favors and let me tell you that is just my opinion that is that you know and it doesn't really even really have to do with anything about my personal experiences that's always how I've thought I've always thought that people in their late teens and early 20s should abstain from long-lasting relationships but for me personally especially me personally I think that me be not being in a relationship and me being able to focus unapologetically and unconditionally on myself and my success and my happiness is something that will be so, so good for me. And that's not to say that, you know, you, you can't date if you're in your 20s, that you can't, you know, go out and meet people and, you know, have relations. I'm not saying that at all. But what I, what I don't think is healthy is, you know, settling down for two, three, four, five year long relationships when you're, you know, barely able to drink yet especially if you don't think that you're even supposed to spend the rest of your life with this person. You know, that, that's, just, that's just personally what I think. That's just personally how I believe. But I know that some people may disagree with me, and that's, personal, and that's perfectly okay. Some people may have personal experiences that, that make them think that, oh, a relationship works better for them. Some people may have personality types and be the type of people where relationships do work better for them and where long-term relationships when they're younger and, do work better for them because they're able to learn more about themselves and they're able to get certain experiences in that they don't feel like that they feel as though benefit them more than having those experiences would if they were single. I completely understand that. But I did just want to show that opinion and say that now and get it out of the way. Even though I pretty much talked about it in entirety in the last couple of minutes, I do just want to start off with saying how I've been feeling lately. And the answer is overwhelmed, but at the same time also so incredibly happy I have been hanging out with a new group of people on a regular, on a regular, semi-regular basis and have been filling my 
friend group and filling my energy and filling my time with these people, these people who I truly care about and truly appreciate and who share so many different attributes and personality traits that I not only cherish, but also meld so well with. I've been laughing way more, I've been crying way less, and I've been having experiences that I genuinely think that I will remember for the rest of my life. And that's something that I haven't felt and that's something that I haven't experienced in a very long time. More than anything though, and I touched on this earlier, so I'm not going to go too, too in depth about it, but I do want to just talk a little bit more about it. For the first time in my life, I feel good, I look good, and I know I look good. And never once before has all three of those things lined up. There have been times in my life where I felt good. I, f I felt decent about myself. I've, I've wanted to go out and make new friends. I've been confident. I've been, you know, so proud of myself and so proud of my achievements. I've felt good with the people I've been surrounded by. But I haven't known that I've looked good or I haven't felt like I've looked good. There have been times in my life where I've looked good, but mentally I've not been in the best place. Mentally I've been drained. Mentally I was depressed or anxious or not my best self. And, I, and even though I looked good... I didn't feel confident and I didn't feel good about myself genuinely inside. And more than anything, there has never been a time in my life where I've known I've looked good. There has never been a time in my life where I've been able to look at myself in any state of being, whether it's with no makeup, a sweatshirt, and a raggedy old pair of leggings, or looking at myself with a full face of makeup, foundation, mascara, lip gloss, and my hair all done, and wearing my best outfit, looking my sexiest, there has never been a time in my life where I've been able to look at myself in both of those situations, look at myself in both of those circumstances, and been equally happy with how I look, and, and felt equally good about how I look. This has been the first time in my life where I've been unapologetically confident because I know I'm beautiful, and I know I'm sexy, and I know I'm desirable. And not only having that mindset, but possessing that energy and harnessing that energy of being just the most confident and radiant version of myself has caused people to be so much more appreciative and has caused people to be so much more happier around me and in my presence. This is going to be an episode that I'm also going to talk about how to build, maintain, and radiate confidence. I'm going to do it somewhat in the near future. Not sure if I'm going to do it next week or the week after, but we shall see. But I. There, there's just no words to explain how good about myself I feel. And I, not only that, but I'm able to look at myself compared to someone else, compared to another girl who's also sexy, who's also beautiful, who's also confident and smart and funny, and all of the things that I like to pride myself in being. There's This is also the first time in my life where I'm able to stand next to that girl and not see her as competition and not compare myself subconsciously and consciously to her and her achievements or to her and her beauty. And that's how I think I know that I've truly unlocked it. That's how I think I know that I've truly hit my peak. I'm not saying I've peaked at life because like I'm only 18. Please don't tell me I've peaked at life so far. But this is where I think I've truly peaked in terms of you know, like this is the highest point I've ever been in my life in terms of my confidence and it can only go up from here. Like I don't think I'm ever going to drop back down to, you know, the, the girl who would compare myself to other girls, the girl who would, 
you know, get anxious being in the presence of other beautiful, smart, intelligent, and hilarious women. This is the girl who will go out of my way to be friends with a girl. This is the girl who, when a girl compliments me and asks me where I got my dress or got my, or got my swimsuit or got a pair of shoes, I will take no time sending her the link so that she can get a pair for herself too or that she can get the dress for herself too because she would look beautiful and sexy in it too. This is the first time in my life where I've truly and wholeheartedly and unbashfully have been that girl and I could not be more proud of where I am and I could not be happier with where I am. Number two, the second point that I wanted to touch on is why I've taken two weeks off and why I have not recorded or uploaded an episode in this time. Even though I know I'm not obligated to tell you guys why I take weeks off or why I don't upload certain weeks, like I said, I feel like this is time for an honest conversation with myself and an honest conversation with you guys. And I do want to tell you guys and I do want to share where I'm at. And I do want to let you guys know that I'm not I'm not struggling. I'm not upset. I'm not dealing with certain things. I am just truly at such a good point that I've wanted to take the last two weeks off to enjoy being myself and not having to worry about certain things. Don't get me wrong. I love the podcast. I love doing this podcast. It has done wonders for my mental health. It gives me an outlet to truly be myself and share aspects of myself that I can't always share with the people that I'm always around. However, it is a responsibility. It is. It does take hours of my time to record hour-long episodes. It does take hours of my time to edit those hour-long episodes and then go through the effort of figuring out a title and figuring out a description and putting links in the description and doing all of that stuff. It does take up a good chunk of time every single week. And that cuts into the time that I'm able to spend out at night or with my friends or at work. And I just wanted to spend the last two weeks kind of getting back into my mojo, coming to grips with the fact that the, a, a chapter of my life had just ended. And I wanted to be able to not only enjoy that, but also find the time to truly compartmentalize it and what happened and how I feel without having to worry about the huge time-constraining burden that the podcast puts on me. I've been able to hang out with friends after work. I've been able to hang out with friends during the day. I've been able to go shopping and go out and do all of these different things with my time because I haven't had to set, a, set aside a certain amount of time each week in order to do this podcast. That's not to say I don't love doing the podcast like I said, and that's certainly not to say that I don't love making the time and I don't appreciate making the time for this podcast every single week. However, I did just need two weeks to just be able to not have to worry about it, be able to just think about what was going on in my life and come to grips with it so that I could come on here and talk about it and know what I was trying to say and know what I meant to say while also knowing how I actually feel. More than anything though, and this will actually lead very nicely into the third and final point into how this podcast is going to change coming forward, but I have not been happy with this podcast in the last couple of months very recently. I just, it's not that I haven't been happy with the podcast, it's not that I haven't been happy with the quality of the content I've been putting out, it's not that I haven't been happy with what I've been talking about, it's not like I'm disappointed in myself, because I'm not, and I don't want you to think I am. However, this podcast focuses on, I feel like, focuses on a very small piece of who I am as a person. This podcast is mostly about politics and social issues, which is fine, which is great. Those are two things that I'm so passionate about, and those are two things that help make me the type of person I am. 
but politics and social issues and trying to combat social and political inequity in our country and our world, those are not the only things that make up me. Those are not the only things that make me who I am. And those are not the only things or even close to the only things that make me proud of being who I am. So I'm making this podcast so narrow-sighted and by zeroing in on one very small, kind of insignificant part of who I am when compared to the larger picture, it hasn't been making me happy. In all honesty, it's kind of been draining to come on here and have to talk about things that make me sad or make me upset or that, you know, I have to do a ton of research for or that I, I have to go through the effort of listening to people who I disagree with or listening to people who... Uh, you know, their opinions hurt my feelings or offend me or make me feel as though I'm less at home in this country. It is draining after a while. And it's especially draining because, you know, I, I've said it before, but I'm a server and a bartender. And it's when, you know, I, I go to work and I listen to my patrons and my customers have the same politic conversations every single, almost every single day, six days a week that I work. I listen to these conversations already and I listen to people say offensive things and I listen to people, you know, try and scapegoat me and note parts of me that make me different. And to come on the podcast and just do just that, do just the thing that I go to work and have to deal with every single day, to not have an outlet where I cannot focus about that or only focus about a very small part of it and not have to make it the entirety of my personality here it's been draining. It truly and utterly has. And I think that, you know, before I took the two weeks off, I was kind of coming to terms with that. And I was kind of coming to realize that this was making me unhappy. And this was becoming something that was not as healthy as it once was. Because it used to be, it used to be something so great when I was still just sitting at home all the time and needed something to do with my time and needed a creative outlet for my politics and for my social issues and for my opinions. This was wonderful. This was exactly what I needed. But at this point in time, when I am now out and about in the world again, when I'm hanging out with friends again, almost on a daily basis, when I'm going to work almost on a daily basis, when I am officially an integral member of society again, coming to a microphone and sitting in front of my computer and just mouthing off things that make me upset and things that we have to do and things that we have to fix and how terrible and unequal and unjust our world is, it doesn't do anything for me and I most certainly don't think it does anything for you. So these last two weeks, I've also not only taken the time to think about my interpersonal relationships and come to terms with what has ended, what needs to change, and where I want to go and where I've been for the last two years and where I want to go for, you know, the time ahead. But I've also used these last two weeks to come to terms with the fact that this podcast hasn't been making me happy. And I've thought about what changes I could make that would make me happy and would make this a safe space for me again to be able to come and express myself and have it be something that helps my mental health and makes me happier and gives me a space to outlet my feelings and but at the same time, not drain me. Instead, fill me with energy and hope and light and love and laughter because that's all we can hope for. Honestly, I think that's all what we need right now. We all just need more light and love and hope and laughter. The entire world does. I think it would be a better place if we all had it. And I also want to say this, but that's, that's not to say that I'll never talk about politics. That's not to say that I'll never talk about social issues because they're important. 
They are literally the issues of what's happening in our world. How are we going to fix the problems of today if we can't even talk about them? That is the underlying and most pertinent point of this entire podcast, is that I try and make uncomfortable conversations palatable. But the thing is, uncomfortable conversations don't just have to be politics. Uncomfortable conversations don't just have to be things that divide us. I want to be able to come on here and have conversations like I am now, talk about my feelings, talk about my relationships, talk about things in my life that are going great, talk about things in my life that sometimes aren't going too great, while still being as professional, intelligent, honest, and myself as possible, I want to be able to have conversations that branch out not only from the norm of what this podcast used to be, but I also want to have conversations that branch out from the norm of what we're comfortable talking about each and every day with the people around us. I want to talk about breakups. I want to talk about mental health, mental illness. I want to talk about depression and anxiety. I want to talk about my own depression and anxiety. I want to talk about my path through religion. I want to talk about religion as a whole. I want to talk about school and college and how painfully difficult and stressful the college application process has been, the college transfer application process has been, I should say. But I also want to talk about how fun and necessary school is. I want to talk about the things that I learned that make me happy and that make me excited to be a college student. I want to talk about sex and relationships and friendships and the things that make all of those things so much better, but at the same time, the things that make all of those things fall apart. I want to start having guests on. I want you guys to meet my mom. I want you guys to meet my friends. I want you guys to meet my family. And more than anything, I want you guys to meet every single different aspect of myself. I want you guys to meet all of the things that make Jalen Tully, Jalen Tully. I want you to figure out and come to terms with and appreciate all of the things that make me who I am and that make this podcast what it is. Because this podcast is changing. It's going to change. But it's not going to change for the worse. It's going to change for the better. It's now going to be a space for all uncomfortable conversations, not just the uncomfortable conversations that cause a political divide in the country and, you know, caused hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people to uprise and riot in March last summer. I want this podcast to not revolve around things that pain us. I want this podcast to revolve around things that bring us joy and laughter, but at the same time also teach us things. Like I said, this is not to say that I won't that I will never talk about politics, that I'll never talk about Black Lives Matter or police brutality or talk about gender inequality again, because all of those things are so important and I'm not at all ignoring that. Not for one second. None of us will be happier, none of us will be able to create a better country, world, and community if we ignore the very true and very prevalent issues that we face as a species. That's irrefutable. But at the same time, it's like if that's all you focus on, you, you, you can't just do that. You can't do that to yourself. It's kind of like that analogy. Pick up a glass of water. It's not difficult at all. Anyone could do it. A toddler could pick up a glass of water. Now hold that glass of water in the same position for five minutes and put it back down. Your arm's probably going to be a little bit sore, but it's still possible and you can still do it. It's just a glass of water. Now try and hold that glass of water up in the same position for five hours. Your arm will be so sore. You will have, you know, muscle cramps and muscle tension. You will probably be in a great amount of pain, not because the water glass is heavy, not because you're weak, but because 
carrying any amount of weight for that amount of time will be difficult for any person, no matter how light it is and no matter how strong you are. Having to come on this podcast and constantly talk about our shortcomings as people and as a country, as a world, constantly having to come on here and talk about things that make me upset, things that personally affect me, things that directly have an impact on my opportunities and chances at success in this world, that is my glass of water. I hope that made sense. A lot of times my analogies make no, no sense whatsoever, but I feel like that one came out all right, so I'm not going to spend too much time stressing out over it. I just want you guys to know that I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stay right here in my fancy and super comfortable swivel chair right in front of my microphone talking to you guys still every single week. This podcast is still going to be centered around growth, not just as individuals, but as communities, societies, countries, and a world. This podcast is still going to be centered around having uncomfortable conversations and broaching topics that may force you to expand outside of your comfort zone. I'm just going to come on here and be my most true, authentic, and honest self every single week about whatever topic we might broach on this podcast from now on. I cannot wait for you guys to get to know me. Not me as in the, you know, super intelligent political genius known as Jalen Tully, even though, you know, that's also me. But I want you guys to get to know the version of me that encompasses that while also encompassing my sometimes dark but also extremely abrasive sense of humor. I want you guys to get to know the girl who is caring and compassionate and seems to never run out of a seamless stream of advice, yet she looks at her own life and is completely in shambles. I want you to learn about the girl and meet the girl who's an aspiring law student who wants to practice international or civil rights, I haven't really decided yet, law, to either help those who look like her come out of lawfully unfair and unjust situations, or who wants to travel the world while doing something that she loves. I want you to meet the girl who has made the dean's list every single semester of college that she's been here. I want you to meet the girl who goes for runs every single morning to start off her day. I want you to meet the girl who lives in the middle of nowhere on a dirt road off of another dirt road and has chickens and dogs and cats and ducks and bunnies. I want you to meet the girl who loves animals more than she loves people because animals will never betray you or stop appreciating you for you. I want you to meet the girl who is dropping almost three grand on tattoos this summer because, you know, that's the type of person I am. The most accurate, happy, and truly herself version of Jalen Tully is here for you guys to learn about, meet, and enjoy. And I hope that you are as excited to meet her as she is to show herself to the world. All right, that was not our whole episode. Yes, we have something else to talk about this week. And that is the fact that y'all need to let Shikari Richardson smoke the competition and some weed. Yes, I am going to be talking about the fact that Shikari Richardson, one of the fastest women in the world, has been banned from the Olympics and put on probation because of a positive drug test in which she tested positive for the chemical compound THC, which is the psychoactive component that exists within cannabis. Wow, what a mouthful. <laughs> That's what she said. Anyways, 
Shikari Richardson, if you don't know, although I don't know how you wouldn't know this woman, she has been everywhere recently, not only the fact that she qualified for the Olympics, but on top of the fact that this whole, you know, shin shindig, this whole bunch of shenanigans went down, and now people are all talking about that. But Shikari Richardson is a runner, as I'm sure you could have inferred, and her, her main event is the 100. And from a former track runner, from someone who still enjoys running and still indulges in running every single day... I am able to watch Shikari run and be absolutely amazed. Please, if you have the chance, please, if you have the opportunity, I wholeheartedly recommend watching the video of Shikari Richardson run the Olympic trials in or Oregon, I believe. Oregon, yes, I, I believe it, it was in Oregon. I wholeheartedly recommend you watch that video because if you watch the video, you see that she was the last person out of the blocks. She had, a, she had such a slow start. Everyone was ahead of her at the beginning of the race, and she ended up finishing about 20-25 meters in front of the next person behind her while pointing at the time clock, while smiling at people in the stands and waving at people in the stands, which we know, or at least I know as someone who runs, literally slows you down and literally makes your legs and the rest of your body slow down. She still smoked the competition, pun absolutely intended. However, this was all taken away from Shikari, the chance to compete in the Olympics, the chance to be dubbed the fastest woman in the world, the chance for fame, for glory, for success in something that she has been working towards her entire life because she smoked, ingested, I don't really know what she did, but she let a regulated substance enter her body and therefore failed a mandatory drug test in order to compete in the Olympics. Now, I want to preface this by saying that I know, I know that illegal substances, that there are a list of illegal substances, quote-unquote illegal, because weed isn't illegal everywhere, which is what I'm going to talk about next, by the way, but I, 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 I am willing to admit and recognize the fact that Shikari knew that what would happen if she smoked weed? Shikari knew she was not able to smoke weed if she wanted to compete in the Olympics. I am wholeheartedly acknowledging that, and I am not for one second taking that away from anyone who's going to make that argument. However, however, I want us to ask the question as to why weed is banned and listed as an illicit substance by the Olympics, and why anyone who is found to have it in their system in any way, shape, or form, is immediately banned from competing. I want to know why that is. Because even if you are the most thumb-in-your-butt person about drugs and you think that marijuana is a gateway drug and only bad people do it and you will never respect anyone who smokes weed ever, even if that's all of your opinions, even if that is how you genuinely and wholeheartedly believe, I want to remind you and everyone who has any doubts in their head that THC, cannabis, is not a performance-enhancing drug. I'm going to say it now. I'm going to say it again. Whether or not you think that weed is a bad drug, whether or not you think Shikari is wrong, or whether or not you think that every single person who smokes weed is a bad person, or whether or not you're someone like me who doesn't give a flying F about marijuana and, you know, is very 420 friendly as an individual and in terms of how they believe other people should be using the drug and having it, incorporate in, having it incorporated in their everyday lives. Whether you sit on either side of those spectrums, you cannot deny the fact that THC is not a performance-enhancing drug. If anything, if anything, especially if she smoked, weed 
And smoking cannabis would only make it less likely that she would be as successful as she is in the Olympics and would therefore hinder her performance running in the Olympic trials. The fact that this woman is quite possibly the fastest woman in the world, wow, also smoking that za, that just means we should bow down in front of her because what secrets does she know? <laughs> what has this woman been eating? What, what daily fitness activities does she partake in? Let me know. Because if you can be the fastest woman in the world while also smoking that good kush, you, you're a god. You're, you're, you are not human. You are better than humans are. Like, like I said, we should be bowing down to Shikari Richardson. The fact that she is able to accomplish one of the easily most astonishing feats in the world. Wow still partaking in a drug that is known to hinder one's ability to accomplish said feat. I also want to note that um, you know, part of the reason that she felt a, felt a need, felt a want, felt a drive, I don't really know what word to use, but any of those could work. Um, the reason that she ingested, inhaled, however she consumed marijuana, the reason she did so was because she found out on, on national television from a stranger that that her mother actually passed away earlier that day at the Olympic trials. And granted, you know, her, her, her mom was addicted to drugs. Her mom was not very present. I don't really think she had a true and genuine relationship with her mom. Of course, this is not for me to say. This is just what I've been reading, and this is just what I've gotten from watching her talk about it. And even in the past, I, I've said, in my first Self-Care Sunday episode, I said that you cannot cope the same way you celebrate. That is how you build an unhealthy relationship to drugs and illegal substances that you may or may not have exposure to or that you may or may not want to partake in. That's how you build unhealthy relationships with those things. And I've said that before, and that is something that I wholeheartedly believe in. However, I'm able to look at this as someone who does have a relationship with their mom, whose mom is their best friend in the entire world. I love my mother to pieces, and if she died, not only if she died, but if I found out on national television by a complete stranger, I'd be out in these streets doing crack cocaine. Props to Shikari Richardson for just sticking to weed and knowing her limits and knowing what she needed in order to help herself and help how she was feeling and aid in her coping mechanisms. I would be a wreck if I found out in the context that Shikari did that my mother had passed away. How are we so unable? How are we so... How do we have such a lack of, of ability to come outside of ourselves and have empathy for this girl? This young girl, this girl who is only slightly older than I am, who lost her mother, who was raised by her grandmother for her entire life because her mother was so absent. How are we so unable to have sympathy for this girl and say you know what, you found out about your mother's death in quite possibly the worst way possible by the worst person ever. F screw being on national television. Honestly, take that completely out of the equation for right now. But l l like, let's just say a complete stranger walked up to her on the street and told her that her mother just died. That's still horrendous. That is not something you should learn from a stranger. That is something you should learn from someone close to you, someone who is able to comfort you, someone who loves you, and someone who had a, a relationship with both you and a person. That, in a perfect world, is how you should find out about a loved one passing away. Not by a complete stranger, and most definitely not by a complete stranger on national television. How are we so... 
How, how, are, how, do, how are we so painfully lacking basic human empathy? That is my first question here. And not only that, but I told you I would talk about this earlier, but I just wanted to say this. Weed is legal in Oregon. It's not like she was smoking in Louisiana or Kentucky or Florida or somewhere where weed is not even decriminalized, where weed is completely outlawed, completely banned by the law, no matter what form or method you you know, ingest or smoke it in. She was doing it in a state where it is completely legal for recreational use. She was doing it and she's of age to be able to do it. We have NFL players getting their contracts re-signed back. We have NFL players being recruited. We have other sports players being recruited and being accepted onto teams with open arms with abuse allegations, with rape allegations, doing much worse drugs than weed ever was or ever will be. And yet, we're losing our mind over Shikari Richardson smoking dope? And granted, I know that the Olympics are worldwide competition, therefore the athletes are usually held to a much higher standard than here in the United States where our, you know, athletics are just confined to our country, but still the point still stands. I don't understand how and what world weed is so criminalized. Your people's, the United States' obsession with criminalizing weed is so weird to me. So, so weird to me. Especially because we have doctors handing out literally bottles of heroin, heroin in pill form, to patients. And yet, we lose our minds and prevent a completely capable, completely apt athlete from competing in one of the most prestigious and well-known and heavily honored athletic competitions in the entire world. Are you kidding me? Like, I, I just, ugh, I can't even, I can't even. I, I literally, I know I'd like just 20 minutes ago, I told you guys how I was like gonna stop talking about things that just like make me angry and upset me. But that's gonna start next week because this week this needed my attention and this needed to be talked about. But more than anything, this is not the only little segment of BS that I need to address when it comes to the Olympics banning people who are perfectly capable and perfectly able to compete in the Olympics from doing just that. One, I want to address the fact that the Olympics are in Tokyo this year. They were supposed to be last year, but obviously, for obvious reasons, they got pushed back, to, they got pushed forward to this year. So the Olympics are happening in Tokyo. And I in no way, shape, or form want to blanket statement and make a statement that would not only include a ton of people in a very narrow-minded and assumptionary, assuming, assumptionary, assumption, uh, I, I don't want to assume something about a whole group of people is pretty much what I'm trying to say. I don't know what the form of that word, what form of that word I was looking for, but that's pretty much what I was trying to say. I don't want to blanket assume in this situation. However, as a black woman who has focused on stuff like this a lot, it is very obvious and very well known that in a lot of these East Asian countries, such as China and, yes, Japan, they have pretty abhorrent records of being very anti-black and being racist against black people. I say this because I'm going to go into two different conversations about different Olympic bans that have taken place apart from Shikari Richardson's Olympic ban. The first one is that the Tokyo Olympics has declared that swim caps made for naturally thick, curly, afro hair, aka the hair that you would see on black men and women, 
they have banned swim caps specifically for that group of people, specifically for black people and people who have naturally thick and curly hair and need it to be better protected against the harmful chemicals that exist within pools. They have banned them because they are seen as unnecessary and unneeded. Completely canceling out the fact that yes, there are black Olympians. And yes, some of those black Olympians do in fact swim and are in the Olympics for swimming competitions. That was, I think, the first instance besides the Shikari Richardson instance that had me kind of be like, do you smell that? Huh, I smell some racism in this bitch. Yeah, no, like that, like that was the first thing that was like, oh, wow, that kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth because like, how, how easy would it have been to be like, yeah, whatever, as long as, you know, it's, you don't, you're not hiding anything under there or, you know, like you're not, you know, doing anything shady, like anyone's swim caps should be allowed, especially swim caps that are made to accommodate people who do not fit in the, in the initial and status quo criteria for making swim caps because black people's hair does not fit in that status quo of what has originally been made as for swim caps and swim caps have been made with only white people in mind. So that was the first instance that kind of had me on edge, kind of left a bad taste in my mouth in terms of the Olympics and how they are already treating their black athletes in a country and a city that, like I said, is notoriously and has been notoriously anti-black and racist against the black community as a whole. However, the next instance involves two young track stars from Namibia. They are just a couple months or years at most older than I am. And I am so sorry for the mispronunciation of their names should it happen. But the two stars in question are Christine Moma and Beatrice Masalingi. I hope I pronounced those right and I apologize if I did not. However, like I said, they are just a couple months older than me. And in the last couple of years, they have been setting worldwide records for the 400 and various other track events. But mainly just the 400 since that is their... Uh, event of choice. And despite their outstanding running ability, despite the fact that they are easily some of the most fastest and well-qualified runners in the entire world, these two women have been banned from the Tokyo Olympics for one very specific, very discriminatory reasoning. Their natural testosterone levels are too high. And I don't want to go too in-depth on biology because I'm sure we all know what testosterone is, but if you don't, testosterone is the mostly male hormone that allows for men to go through puberty. Though both male, men and women have testosterone, there is a higher concentration of it within male organ systems and within the male, I don't know how to call it, the, 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 within male genetics. How about we just say that? The male genome, as one would say. Um, same with estrogen. Even though there's a higher concentration of estrogen within the female body, there's also estrogen within the male body that allow for certain changes within puberty to happen. Testosterone controls mainly manly, quote-unquote. I'm putting manly in quotes because, you know, we don't need to disrupt the gender binary more than it already is. But um, testosterone mainly has control over manly aspects of puberty, which is why it's most dominant in those that were born with male bodies, such as hair growth, a muscle development, a deeper voice, and the production of sperm and the growth of male genitalia. And though all of that stuff is important, I'm going to focus specifically on one aspect and one effect that male testosterone has 
on not just male bodies, but all human bodies, and that being muscle development. When a male body has a higher level of testosterone or when men are going through puberty and there is a higher concentration of testosterone throughout their body, you notice how men will quote-unquote bulk up in terms of your, their muscle mass grows, they might put on some weight, the, the fat that they had or the baby fat that they had will be converted into muscle mass, especially if they're going to the gym, if they're working those muscles, if they participate in sports, etc, etc, etc. However, when women have a higher concentration of testosterone, I'm sure you can see where this is going, they too will develop the muscle mass and some of the other physical attributes that those with male bodies and those with testosterone in their bodies obtain more so than their other female counterparts. And because muscle mass is what it is, people who have a higher amount of muscle mass are able to do things like lift more weights, they're usually stronger, they're usually able to run faster, they're usually able to accomplish more physical feats than those who do not have the same amount of muscle mass. And this correlates directly with these women because they obviously, if they have been, if they have reset four of the last five 400 records in the world in the last couple of years, obviously these women are able to do things the average person is not able to do. And this, while it is accredited to the higher level of testosterone within their bodies, it's how their bodies were born naturally. These people did not take steroids. They did not take other performance-enhancing drugs. They are not undergoing certain treatments or taking certain medications or participating in certain lifestyles that would cause more testosterone to be produced within their bodies. It is just how their bodies were made. To punish someone for that, to punish someone for how they were naturally born, in my opinion, is disgusting. Also, we did not treat Michael Phelps like this. Let me keep that in mind for you now, in case you don't want to be like, oh, why does this have to be about race? Because Michael Phelps was born with a wingspan twice the, twice the length of the average man. He is double-jointed in his wrists and his ankles, which is extremely rare, and he produces half of the lactic acid that the average person produces. Oh, and his lungs are almost two times the size of the average of a man his size is. And yet, nobody went, oh, no, 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 Michael Phelps, that would not produce a fair competition for your competitors. No, 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 we have to cut this out right here. We have to cut this at the knees, nip it right in the bud, because we cannot have a freak of nature competing in the Olympics that would be unfair to everyone else. And yet, when two women who otherwise have completely normally functioning bodies that just happen to produce more testosterone than other people's, Suddenly, we lose our minds, and suddenly it's unfair for the competition. Suddenly, it's unfair for everyone else to have to compete against people who produce more testosterone than the other, than, you know, themselves. But, like I said, nobody had this outrage for when Michael Phelps was starting to swim. Nobody had this outrage for when Michael Phelps was going to his first Olympics, and, like, people were, people were treating him like an animal in a zoo. People were ogling at him. Oh my goodness, he, this man is incredible. He's crazy. Like, he's gonna do so well, because he was, he was literally made to swim. I heard people say that all the time about Michael Phelps. He was made to be an athlete. He was made to swim. Who's to say that these women weren't made to be athletes? Who's to say that these women weren't made to run? I, I just don't understand the delineation. I don't understand what the difference is between a man who has a twice as long wingspan, a man who's double jointed in almost all of you know his extremities, a man who only produces half of the lactic acid as a normal man, and a man who has a chest cavity that is literally almost two times as as big as a man as a, as the average man's size. 
I don't understand how we can delineate between someone like that and a woman who just happens to produce a little bit more testosterone. And I don't, not only do I not understand why we delineate so much, but I also more than anything don't understand why we treat them so drastically different. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong, I do because, you know, racism and sexism, but like, but like more than that, like more than anything, I don't understand why it's a problem. I don't understand why this is such a big deal for everyone. Not only that, I'm not going to get too into it because I, I know that you already probably know what I'm going to say. This reeks of transphobia to me. This is the same energy that people have been giving with the whole like, oh, we can't let trans kids participate in sports. It's an unfair advantage. I already talked about that in a past episode. Go listen to it if you're confused about what I'm talking about. But more than anything, this reeks of transphobia, and it's disgusting to have to listen to. All right, you guys. What a good episode. I got some feelings out. We talked about some fun sports stuff. And with all of that being said, though, it's time for this episode to come to an end. Unfortunately, I'm not going to give you guys a what's in my rotation this week because I don't really have one. I've been spending the last two weeks doing things that have involved little to no brain power, and that includes reading and consuming new media and content. So therefore, I have nothing for you this week. So I apologize for that, but on the bright side, it means that this episode is going to end sooner. So there's that. With all that out of the way, you already know the drill. If you enjoyed this week's episode, if you think someone could learn something from it, if you think someone could gain something from it, if you think someone could have a laugh while listening to it, please be sure to follow and subscribe for more weekly episodes every single Sunday. It helps more people find the podcast like you, and it helps keep you updated on whenever I upload an episode. Also, be sure to share it on your social media, with your friends, with your family, with the friends of your family, with the family of your friends. Anyone who you think could get something out of this podcast as well. If you want more content from me, also be sure to follow me on all of my social media platforms. All my handles are just at Jalen Tully. <sighs> I think that's it, guys. I don't think there's anything else that I have to give you. Oh, that's so sad. Hmm. Um, but more than anything... You already know what I'm going to say. My little, my little quirky quote that I say at the end of every single episode. Always, always, always be sure to leave this episode and every episode ready to educate often, learn freely, and always love equally. I hit like a, like a high C there. Damn, I like, I kind of like, I kind of killed that shit. That little like singing that I did. Ooh, love that for me. But um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you guys so much for putting up with me these past couple of weeks. And thank you so much for participating in and wanting to continue on this journey with me of finding not only who I am, but learning about who I am as well. I appreciate it so much and I will talk to you guys next Sunday.